0: You've probably guessed our scripture reading for this morning. In fact, you've probably memorized our scripture reading for this morning. Today, the fourth in this series on stewardship, we are hearing together from Romans chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of all the four uh, stewardship sermons, this is the one I have been most excited about. I have been so eager to preach today. We're in the final innings of our stewardship emphasis. And today I get to celebrate our commitment to each other. Our shared value of community. Each Sunday in October, I've been lifting up one of the shared values and talking about it. The first Sunday in October, we talked about one God, our value of worship. The second Sunday, one mind, discipleship. The third Sunday, one voice, our commitment to mission. And today, one second. We're investing today in the theme of community. We're called into this Christian enterprise, bound to each other, committed to and celebrating each other like family. And I absolutely love today's theme. My name is Doc Hollingsworth and I approve this message. So, let's start with Jesus' first congregation of followers. You know, if if Jesus had used one of those professional search firms, the outcome might have been very, very different. Jesus launches the church with an odd assembly uh, for starting a global movement since most of them had never traveled any farther uh, than from here to Macon. And, and, and look at who he picked Matthew, the tax collector, Thomas, the doubter, Peter, the hothead, Judas, the traitor. I'm not sure this is the right group for a startup. But besides, Jesus is transforming the Jewish tradition, fulfilling the hope of God's chosen people, and not all of this first group were even Jewish. And and the glue that would hold this church together was their singular commitment, devotion to Jesus. And if that's true, then the first 12 weren't all that great superstars in that matter either. I mean... At least the hothead tried in the garden to stand up for Jesus when he cut off the guy's ear, but, you know, so at least he showed some loyalty in the group, but Judas and Thomas didn't exactly shine when the chips were down. Jesus brought along some women to the group too. It wasn't all guys, Mary Magdalene healing up from her seven demons Martha, who was too busy in the kitchen to even grasp what was going on in her own home. I'm just saying this is not a C-suite group of creativity and leadership who've come together. you got a group of guys who smell like the last catch of fish, a woman recovering from her demon possession, and a tax collector. Now, if you were going to start a worldwide movement... But Jesus spoke love into their lives and called them by name. And when he did it, they were transformed. And this messed up group of humanity dropped their fishing nets, closed their kosher bakery, and said, I'm going with him. Wherever Jesus is going, I'm going with that guy. And and their commitment, however imperfectly played out, bound them to Jesus, and it bound them to each other too. They were a new tribe, united in their belief that Jesus is the Christ, and committed to the formation of a new community that would care for each other and challenge each other to exercise the courage and the vision to live a life as a disciple of Christ. The bad news and good news is that the church of Jesus Christ is still a mix of holy and damaged humanity tied together by his love. I say it's bad news because it means we're tied to folks we don't even like. Some folks who don't vote like us, who don't speak to us with the kindness we think we deserve who come from different backgrounds, who act a fool regularly and embarrass our witness. And it's good news, of course, because for all the reasons I just mentioned, you and I got in too. Now, don't, don't be confused by the images in the Christian bookstore that make the Christian community look like some Norman Rockwell painting of a public's Thanksgiving commercial. The truth is that while the early church did pass along many of the sacred practices and faith statements that we recite and affirm this very day, they also passed along the clay feet of humanity. We are still, like the church was then, a sometimes holy and often messed up group of folks. We are honorable and despicable, generous, and stingy as all get out. We're faithful and betraying. We're kind and mean, pious and pitiful. We sometimes see the divine glow in our own lives and we sometimes live into God's hope for us and at other times, we open up the cage door to the zoo that lives within us and let the hungry animals out to roam. We are a blessed mess. And right now, I'm not describing the church in general in some abstract form. I'm talking about Second pots. You beautiful, messed up group of pious sinners, You. All of us. And yet we get to sit together at God's banquet table with all of our humanity untucked. And eat and laugh with others who are just as broken and forgiven. This is the church. And this is our church. Thanks be to God. And our stewardship, our commitment is to stay in relationship to to keep making the hard commitments to community that will bless us and change us usually when we talk about christian community <coughs> pardon me usually when we're talking about christian community we land on the on the blessing side the warm side we don't talk a whole lot about the challenge and change part so let me start there today Because those who study community say that real community is much harder than kumbaya and campfires. According to psychiatrist Scott Peck, any group of strangers coming together to create community go through four distinct and predictable phases. The first is pseudo-community. Which looks like community, but it's, it's not. I mean, it, it's mostly being nice. It, it, we do a lot of this around church. It's pleasant. There's no disagreement. It's withholding, avoiding conflict, nothing argumentative, platitudes. I do love that dress. It looks like community. It smells nice. But it lives kind of on the surface of chatter in the North Bridge foyer. It's pleasant. There's nothing wrong with it at all. But the second phase of real community is chaos. That's when the individual differences start bubbling out. You've probably noticed that second pot's pun- is hardly uniform on much of anything. Take a look at social media this week before the election and see if any of our members might have different ideas this phase is uncomfortable it's it's struggle it's unconstructive it's i thought i liked her it's it's not a lot of fun it's i'm thinking about unfriending him on facebook and and a lot of people give up on community in this phase because it's hard but the third phase is emptiness If people don't give up and instead commit to the long-range hope of real community, then they empty themselves to the barriers of really getting to know someone. We have hard talks about race and admit that our innate bias might need to be challenged. We listen with expanded hearts to the struggle of a friend whose adored and gay son Took her theology out for a hard ride over rough terrain. We sign up for Josh's book study knowing that it's going to be uncomfortable, but we go in with the humility that community, community might press and might help me to grow. And in this stage, people admit they don't know everything. They could be wrong, they could learn something from others. And they get real about their own failures and prejudices and fears and ideology and admit with the humility that the larger group might help them grow. And then finally, true community. Finally, if we stay at it, if we stay committed to the messiness of it all, there is joy and realism. My imperfections that are known to you are okay to sit next to you on the love seat. In this phase, the collective matters more than my individual preferences. And there's quietness and peace and love. There is vulnerability. There is openness to the beauty of our diversity instead of being threatened by the differences in it. As my mentor John Claypool said to me once, the otherness in you is the only chance I have to grow. Second Ponce might be the best laboratory ever, the best possibility at at practicing what real community could look like if you're willing to commit your life here. I see it sprouting up all over Peyton Bell mentioned it a minute ago when he talked about a group that gathers at his home. One of of the great celebrations of the pandemic has been a 9.30 Friday night Zoom call among some of our youngest families. After the children are put to bed, these young couples have gotten together Friday late on Zoom to talk through the challenges of pandemic parenting and all the rest. Gradually, they gather with no makeup to talk about real life and hard faith and truth-telling and gritty living. I've told you before about two couples in our church who for the last two years have been in a committed group of dinner parties with two couples from a historically black church in South Atlanta they're meeting in each other's homes and it's been hard and they have confronted their implicit bias. They have risked honest talk. It's been hard. And then an email came through, a tearful email from one of them to the group saying, Would you pray for my grandson? And in that, there was a shift to something So real because she was reaching out to fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, having moved through so much of the hard stuff to something that looks real and sturdy and gorgeous. But as I said, community really does have two elements. The first is what we've been talking about this capacity to change us if we do the hard work of getting to know people not like me of loving the unlovely of facing our own bias and fear but the other part the other part of of community is the commitment to the other that is blessing that's warmth belonging it's the stuff we usually think about when we're talking about community about Two weeks ago, uh, a Sunday school class met together here at the church. And, you know, we're allowed to do this now, right? Groups of 25 or fewer. We've got designated spaces, large rooms, social gathering, uh, social distancing, mask, all of that. Now, keep in mind, I know this Sunday school class. They are a bruised and holy mess. All the stuff we've been talking about the stuff we inherited from Thomas and Judas and them. But when I got to the office on Monday morning, after they had met here on that Sunday afternoon, there were post-it notes on every church office door saying, Heather, thank you for being our minister. Josh, thank you. We love you. Candice, Vicky, every door, every office a note of blessing. Sometimes the glue that binds community is the adhesive on the back of a post-it note. I know some of you are taking others of you to doctors' visits without even first finding out if you agree about who wrote the first five books of the Bible. I know about conversations that are happening with a window in between someone who can't leave their bedroom and somebody standing out in the yard talking loudly because the person in that bedroom might be lonely. I know about pound cakes being delivered to church friends. And I know that pound cakes that are delivered like that are made with more sticks of love than sticks of butter. I know that there are masked saints in this church who have been visiting sequestered shut-ins to show them how Zoom works, to help them on their iPad figure it out so that they can be a part of their Sunday school class, so they can be a part of this worship, so that they can meet with their family remotely. And I'm told... I'm told that these people went, massed, showed, loved, and didn't even ask how the other was voting before they went. They had just agreed that they were brother and sister to each other because they were bound together by this place and our shared commitment to Christ. Bishop William Willimon says that the church does not exist because some religiously enlightened people have decided to voluntarily associate with one another to advance the study of Jesus. The challenge of biblical faith is not do you agree or do you feel, but will you join up? So join up. Be a part of this. Give with us and love and serve and join your broken and beautiful life with ours in service of the gospel. It is the best adventure you can imagine. Now, I know some of you are going to be tempted to stick with this online worship going forward, but I need to tell you that's not how we're wired here. I mean, sure, right now... Second Ponce, because of COVID, is delivering all we can electronically and proud of what all of this team is doing to make that happen. And when the virus is under control and the doors are open wide, we are going to continue to deliver content across the power of the world wide web. But we're coming back here to be the church. To annoy and bless each other. We can't form community if we don't get in each other's sock drawer. And one of our core values is that we're committed to each other. To loving and serving and being challenged by this broken group of folks we call second pods. And the only way we can do that is to be in each other's face. It's the only way. The earliest Jesus followers fished together, got on each other's nerves, managed their diversity, and made their cause more important than their preferences. And we have to do the same here. So we're going to come back. And bump into each other and disagree with each other and hug each other and frustrate each other and challenge each other and love each other and fail each other and forgive as partners with God, loving a broken world home. So the question is will you join up? Will you commit to being back when we're back so that we can be church in each other's face again? but I'm also appealing to those of you who don't yet have a church home to invite you to come and be a part of this beautiful messed up group of humanity that meets at Second Ponce and learn the way of love and the way of Christ with us. Would you?